Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for listening. This is a mini-pod to preview our match against Lecce on Friday, and I'm sorry, I'm just getting this out shortly before the match starts, so hopefully you get to listen to it before the match begins, but let's get right into it. Lecce come into this match sitting 16th in the table, but they are a rather comfortable 8 points clear of Hellas Verona, who are in the final relegation position. However, Lecce have lost 5 consecutive matches. After match day 23, they were 13th in the table and 10 points clear of safety, so they've since dropped three positions. The fact that the gap to the relegation zone has only changed by two points after five consecutive losses tells you just how poor everyone below them have been as well. In Lecce's defense, they haven't had the easiest of schedules lately. The five losses were to Sassuolo, Inter, Torino, Fiorentina, and Empoli, Inter are obviously a top club, and both Sassuolo and Fiorentina have come alive in the second half of the season, so Lecce ran into those two clubs at the wrong time. It's also easy to be deceived by that stretch of losses because, as both Luciano Spalletti and Marco Baroni mentioned in their pre-match press conferences, many of those matches were decided by specific episodes. In other words, Lecce didn't necessarily play poorly, they just had poor moments, that cost them a lot of points. Baroni explained that the loss to Sassuolo was the result of an episode exploited by Sassuolo and wasted by Lecce. He said they started well against Torino but still lost. The difference in the Fiorentina match was an own goal while Empoli won on a penalty kick 
that could have been avoided. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Baroni played for Napoli for two seasons from 1989 to 1991, meaning he was part of the team that won the second Scudetto. And he wasn't just a small part, he played a very important role in that season. He made 33 appearances, so he missed only one match because there were only 18 clubs in the league at the time. And only two of those appearances were as a substitute. He also happened to score the goal that won us the Scudetto. We went head-to-head with Milan that season, so the Scudetto was decided on the final round of the season. We went into the round with a two-point lead, so we needed at least a draw to guarantee ourselves the title. Baroni scored the only goal of that match in the seventh minute against Lazio. Maradona floated a free kick into the area, and the central defender made an incredible leap and smashed a header from the penalty spot into the top corner. Milan ended up beating Badi 4-0 in the final round, so we ended up finishing top of the table by two points and earned our second Scudetto in club history. Anyhow, back to this match. I think we could see some changes from Baroni for a couple of reasons. First, I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking, but somehow they penciled in Lecce to play round 28 on a Monday, that was the match against Empoli, and round 29 on a Friday. Now, I understand why our match is on a Friday, because we play in the Champions League the following week, but I don't quite understand why Empoli Lecce was played on a Monday instead of the Sunday. It probably has something to do with TV rights, but that's an extra little advantage for us that we got an extra day of rest. Even that match on Monday started an hour later because there was a short circuit that caused a small fire in the home change room at the Carlo Castellani in Empoli. Another reason why we might see some changes is because Lecce had a couple of players suspended for that match against Empoli. Both Samuel Umtiti and Yusuf Male were suspended due to yellow card accumulation, so given the short rest, I think we could see both of them come back into the starting eleven. And finally, after us, Lecce have a very important match against Sampdoria. Now, as I said, they have a healthy lead over the teams in the relegation zone, but if this losing streak continues, they could well find themselves caught up in that relegation battle. Now, because our match is on Friday, Lecce will have plenty of time to recover and prepare for the Sampdoria match, but the reason they may make some changes is because Lecce have three players, all forwards, who are one yellow card away from suspension, Gabriel Strafezza, Lorenzo Colombo, and Lamec Banda. If Baroni wants to ensure that any of those players are available for the Sampdoria match, then he may choose to rest them for the Napoli match. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. Baroni typically lines up in a 4-3-3 formation with Vladimiro Falcone in goal. I mentioned Umtiti returning from suspension, so I think he'll line up beside one of my favorite Serie A players in Federico Baschirotto. Lecce are a little bit short on depth at center back at the moment. Castro Dermaku and Marin Pongracic are both injured, the former with pubalgia and the latter with an ankle injury that required surgery to fix. Antonio Gallo didn't start against Empoli after scoring an own goal against Fiorentina, which turned out to be the only goal of that match. I think he will come back into the starting 11 to play at left back, and I think we'll see Valentin Gendry play again at right back. I'm expecting one change in the midfield. After being cautioned in the Empoli match, Alexis Blanc has been suspended due to yellow card accumulation. Conveniently, Yusef Mali returns from suspension, so he seems like the logical replacement, 
given they play the same attacking midfield position. I have Morten Hillman and Joan Gonzalez completing the midfield three with Hillman in the middle, Gonzalez on the left, and Male on the right. The front three is the hardest for me to predict. For now, I'll just tell you who I think will start, and then I'll provide the justification when I get to my three keys to the match. So I have Federico Di Francesco starting on the left wing, Gabriel Strefezza on the right wing, and Asan Cisse at striker. For Napoli, I'm only expecting a couple of changes to the squad we fielded against Milan. Again, I'll explain why when I get to our three keys to the match. Spalletti will also line up in his usual 4-3-3 formation with Alex Meret in goal. I think we'll see Amir Rachmani and Kim Min-jae at center back. Matthias Oliveira is still recovering from the lumbago that kept him out of the Milan match, so Mario Rui should start again at left back, and Giovanni Di Lorenzo will play at right back. I'm expecting one change in the midfield, which is for Elif Almas to start over Piotr Zielinski. So I have Stanislav Lobotka playing as the Regista with Almas to his left and Andre Frank Zambuangisa to his right. Finally, up top, I think we'll see Javicha Karaschelia on the left, Chucky Lozano over Matteo Politano on the right wing, and Cholito Simeone again at striker. So those are my starting lineups. Next, let's get to our three keys to the match. I called our Milan review episode Everything Went Wrong, so my first key to the match is simply we need to right the wrong. It's very important from a psychological standpoint that we win this match. So far this season, we've been very good at responding to losses. After the loss to Inter, we won 8 consecutive league matches, and after the loss to Lazio, we won 2 in a row. A win against Lecce would give us a much-needed boost in confidence heading into the Champions League quarterfinal tie against Milan. Another loss, or perhaps even a draw, would have the opposite effect. Not only will it cause us to doubt ourselves in the Champions League, it might even cause us to question whether we do in fact have this Scudetto wrapped up. Lazio hosts Juventus this round, so if one of those teams win, in other words, if they don't draw and we don't win then the team that wins that match would inch closer to us in the table. Lazio could potentially reduce the gap to 13 points, and if Juve got their points back, they would theoretically reduce the gap to only 9 points. That's why I'm expecting Spalletti to play our best available starting 11, with only those couple of changes I mentioned. Yes, it would have been great to give Kim or Lobotka or Angisa a break, but changing any of those players would definitely make us weaker, and we simply cannot afford to do that right now. As Ashley said last episode, had we beaten Milan, then we could have rotated for this match against Lecce, but that result forces us to play our best 11. I think the most we can hope for at this point is that we can score a few goals early and get some of those key players off a bit earlier in the match. My second key to the match is we need to use our width Baroni mentioned playing compact a couple of times in his pre-match conference. He said, even during these negative results, the team has always maintained the right compactness. And then later he said, we face a very strong team. Even in Europe, Napoli have kicked everyone with strength, identity, and compactness. We will try to compete with them. So we know that Lecce are going to play compact. If I had to guess, I'd say they're probably going to play in a mid-block because they also like to press high. Both Lecce and Napoli are in the top four in the league in ball recoveries in the opposition half. Napoli have 264, 
and Lecce have 234. So the first thing we're going to have to do is get past that high press. I know we struggled with that against Milan, but with all due respect to Lecce, I doubt they can press as aggressively and as collectively as Milan did. I think Lobotka and Angisa will both have better performances against Lecce than they did against Milan. Zielinski as well if he starts. So if we get through that high press, then we'll probably have plenty of space in the midfield to work with, which will be problematic for Lecce. However, if they don't press quite as high and drop into that mid block, then I think we need to use our width better than we did against Milan. That will stretch Lecce horizontally and open up the space in the midfield for us to play through. I especially want to see us use our width better on the left wing. Against Milan, we kind of did the opposite of what we typically do when Mario Rui and Cavada start together on that side. Typically, Cavada drifts into the middle of the park, which makes him dangerous both for his shooting and his playmaking abilities. Meanwhile, Mario Rui tends to overlap and cross the ball from the wing. For some reason, against Milan, Mario Rui was coming into the middle of the park and Cavada was staying out wide, and as a result, we didn't cross the ball a whole lot from the left, which takes away one of Giovanni Simeone's biggest strengths, which is his aerial threat. That seemed like a very strange tactic to me when you consider Mario Rui's biggest asset is his left-footed cross, which is exactly how we scored the match winner against Milan in the Girona di Andata. The other thing we need to do is we need to have a plan B that we can activate in case plan A doesn't work. My biggest frustration of many frustrations in that Milan match was that we did not adjust at the break. We just kept on doing the same thing. What I would like to see Spalletti do is play the same formation that Alessandro Carbonara came up with and his father Joe posted for us on Twitter. Alessandro is 10 years old and he's already coming up with amazing tactical ideas, which if you listen to this pod, you know I love my tactics. Shout out to Joe too. I think they worked on this together, which is super cool. I love that they're sharing this passion together. So let me walk you through their formation, which is a 4-2-3-1. The back six is fairly standard. You have the same back four I mentioned in my starting 11, and a double pivot of Lobotka and Angisa. That makes perfect sense. The front four is where things get really interesting. They have Kavara on the left, Zielinski on the right, Raspadori in the 10, and Osimen up top. Now, Alessandro and Joe drew this up for the Champions League game against Milan, which is why they have Osimen there, so we can assume it's Simeone for this match. So what I would like to see is, if plan A is not working, we shift to a 4-2-3-1 formation as plan B. And the way we could shift to this formation, if plan A is not working, is to replace Elmas with Raspadori, and replace the right winger, regardless of who starts, with Zielinski, or if Zielinski starts over Elmas, then what you would do is you would take out the winger, shift Zielinski out wide, and bring Raspadori on to play in the number 10. I would have loved to see Raspadori playing behind Simeone against Milan, but I think at that point we were already down 4-0 when Raspadori came in, so Spalletti took Simeone off just to give him some extra rest for this game against Lecce. Also, Raspadori was not going to play more than 20 minutes in that first game back from injury. Now, Zielinski playing as a winger is certainly an outside-of-the-box kind of idea. I wouldn't do that from the first minutes because I don't think Zilu has the same defensive work rate as Politano or Lozano. 
But if we're at the hour mark or a bit later, why not play Zielinski on the wing? At that point, we need to get forward because we want to score, so we're going to be relying less on him for his defensive abilities, and he takes most of our set pieces so we know he can cross the ball into the area. Now, will Spalletti do that with Zielinski? Probably not, but either way, I love Raspadori in the number 10 behind Simeone. I think they can play off each other really well in the center of the park. My final key to the match is to watch out for some of Lecce's key players, the first being Vladimiro Falcone in goal. He's had an excellent season so far, he even got his first call-up to the Azzurri national team for the matches against England and Malta in Euro 2024 qualifying. So we can't expect any easy goals, we'll need to be clinical with our finishing, however, Falcone is not very good with his feet, so we will want to press Lecce into playing the ball back to their goalkeeper, and then we'll want to press Falcone and force him to make a mistake. There was one play in the Empoli match where Empoli pressed Falcone and he played the ball straight out to touch near the corner flag. Another player to watch out for is Gabriel Strefezza. He leads the team in scoring with 7 goals, and though he has only 1 assist, he is also a dangerous playmaker from the wing. As I mentioned earlier, Strefezza is one of three Lecce players who are one yellow card away from suspension, so I debated whether to put him in the starting lineup given what I mentioned about the upcoming Sampdoria match. The other two players on a suspension are also forwards in Lorenzo Colombo and Lamek Banda. The striker position was extremely difficult to call, but I ultimately landed on Asansise because Colombo started on Monday against Empoli. Cisse provides more pace, so I think he could be more useful. Legend know they will have less of the ball, and they are more likely to attack on the break. They're already a very direct team. Lecce are last in the league in sequences of 10 passes or more with 69, in contrast to Napoli who are top of the league with 486. Meanwhile, Colombo hasn't scored in 11 straight matches. Mind you, we just conceded two goals to Rafael Leao and he hadn't scored in 11 matches in all competitions either. And of course, Colombo scored that incredible goal against us in the first meeting earlier this season. He also leads the team in XG, so it'll be interesting to see who Baroni goes with. For similar reasons, I have Di Francesco starting over Banda on the left side, but again, this one is difficult to call. Banda started against Empoli, but he was replaced at the half, so the two players are equally well rested. Also, they're basically options 1A and 1B on the left wing, so I don't think Baroni would be too fussed if Banda was cautioned and suspended for the Sampdoria match. But Di Francesco is second only to Morten Hillman in assists, so he's a bit better than Banda at creating for his teammates. Okay, for my prediction, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Napoli victory on goals from Javicha Quaresgelia and Giovanni Simeone. Simeone has scored 6 goals in his last 6 games against newly promoted clubs, but it's not going to be easy to score with Falcone in goal and a tank like Basquiroto in front of him, Lecce have the lowest XGA of any team outside of the Sette Sorelle. Meanwhile, with a clean sheet, Napoli would become only the second team ever to have seven consecutive away league matches without conceding a goal. The only other team to do it was Milan in the 1993-94 campaign when they went eight consecutive away matches without conceding a goal. Mind you, Lecce haven't gone three consecutive home matches 
without scoring a goal since 2009. Now, I'd be perfectly content with a 2-1 or a 3-1 victory, but Lecce really have struggled to score lately. They haven't scored a single goal in this five-match losing run they are currently on. Scoring has been a big problem for Lecce all season. Only the three relegation teams have fewer goals than Lecce this season, and Lecce are dead last in the league in XG, so they are just not creating enough quality chances. That will be motivation for Napoli, who just had one of their worst defensive performances of the season. Of course, there's plenty of motivation for Napoli to win this match. Besides the loss to Milan, Napoli will also be looking to get revenge after dropping points to Lecce in the Girona di Andata. Lecce was the second of only five teams to take points from Napoli this season. They were the second of back-to-back draws early in the season after we tied Fiorentina. The trend is also our friend in terms of results after a loss. We won eight straight league matches after the loss to Inter and two in a row after the loss to Lazio. This ability to respond has also been a bit of a hallmark of Luciano Spalletti. Napoli have not suffered consecutive defeats since December of 2021, and we have not suffered consecutive clean sheet defeats since December of 2020 under Gennaro Gattuso. Finally, and sadly, I think we could benefit from playing away from the Maradona, which means away from the drama between ADL and the Ultras. Apparently, the Ultras of Curva A requested to sit in the Curva for one of the Champions League matches against Milan. I can't recall if it was the away fixture or the home fixture without having to get a fidelity card, and not surprisingly, ADL rejected the request. Also not surprising was that they were so appalled that they had to publish a letter expressing just how upset they were, which honestly is getting really annoying. If you want to watch games, just follow the rules. You may not like the rules, but don't complain if you don't want to follow them like everyone else. Anyhow, it will be good to get away from the drama for a little while, and hopefully we can get back into the win column. That is where I will leave it for this preview mini pod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash pod. It's entirely voluntary. There are no set tiers, but it does help us to continue to produce content both on the show and on our website at fortsanapolipress.com. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5. And you can find the podcast on all the usual social media platforms at Pod. I will be back sometime next week to review this match against Lecce and to preview our match against Milan on Wednesday. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.